audio. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston, and joining me today is Dr. Rick Little, an orthopedic surgeon from Spearfish, who, from what, uh, what I understand, you you started the orthopedic program back when it was still regional, correct? Many years ago. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, what's your what's your background here then, Dr. Little? Are you are you local, or have you lived here a while? I have been to Black Hill since 1996. Okay, excellent. I worked at the Air Force Base for three years, and then after that, my wife and I fell in love with the area, and we've been to Spearfish since. So were you enlisted? Were you in the Air Force? Uh, I was, uh, yep, full active duty. Excellent. Uh, they paved my way through medical school, and I paid my way back. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, three years. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. So you did So you did you get to pick when you came out here, uh, when you were stationed out here? Did they give you a choice when you enlisted? Uh, no, they picked it for me. <laughs> well, it's it's awesome that you decided to stay here, um, because what we're going to talk about, I, I I get super excited with the technology that is now in the medical field for sure. And as I was kind of prepping for this interview a little bit, I was watching a lot of these videos about Rosa. Okay. And like like I've said on 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 past podcasts, I don't like to watch the actual surgery. Mm-hmm. I watch the, the the animated versions of it. It's Understood. more palatable. Yeah. Um, but this has to be an exciting field because obviously you were doing these knee replacements long before this kind of technology existed. Right. W- what was that like? Well, when we first started doing it, you would uh, end up putting a small metal rod up the femur bone to get your alignment. And, well, imagine doing that to everybody, right? And then you're looking at x-rays, trying to you know, hope that you got a pretty good uh, position. And then we transitioned over to uh, like a preoperative MRI-guided system where these use some science technology behind it to get the right uh, uh, cuts and positions and everything. And now Rose is just the extension of that, but now doing it right intraoperatively, live while you're looking at all the tissues and examining everything. So so why is it, uh, why, I mean, I understand that our, our knees, our joints, our elbows, shoulders, things like that, are, are those the parts of our body that are, are used the most and that wear out the quickest? Certainly the knee wears out of all those you mentioned the most. Okay. Uh, then probably hips, followed by shoulders, elbows less, wrists even less yet. But I replace it for all those joints, but knee is probably the most common one being done. And why, is it just because of use, just because we're up walking around and that's why? Or, or what are some of the main factors that a replacement is needed? Well, certainly uh, previous injuries, mm-hmm. injuries from sports that we all did in high school and college, uh, the stupid things we all did, <laughs> and uh, other life activities we do. Um, unfortunately, weight has a lot to do with it. Uh, but, but injuries and just, you know, chronic wear and tear over the years. So how do you diagnose somebody that needs this? Is it a, is it a process that when... When I mean, can you tell right away and then the replacement needs to happen immediately? Or do you start with physical training, physical activity first? Everybody's different. Some people come in, uh, they've never been seen for 20 years, and they've had severe knee pain. They, they walk in like just got off their horse, uh, bowed legs, and they're like, oh, yep, their ones need to be done right away because uh, they've already you know, done all the non-surgical stuff, which is, well, some people... They're just so dang tough, they don't do anything, and injections and anti-inflammatory pills won't do it for them. Right. Other people come in with mild disease early, so you do non-surgical treatment first. That'd be usually anti-inflammatory medication, like the usual 
ibuprofen to leave over the counter first, then we get into prescription ones. Then we get into different injections, cortisone injections, there's a visco supplementation, like a lubricant for the joint we can use. And uh, those you always try first. And then you always wait for x-rays to show bone-on-bone disease. And uh, so once you kind of get to that area and your life is revolving around your knee, you just can't do what you want to do, and you've kind of fulfilled those criteria, then you're a good patient for knee replacement surgery. So genetics can play a lot into this too then. Can you yes. have just genetically bad knees, I suppose? Yes, and I've had people before where they come in, they got two bad knees, later they got two bad hips, and after that they got two bad shoulders, and it's like, oh boy, it just oh, goes on. That could be just some bad genetics there. Yeah. yeah. Can, have, you ever, have you ever had an instance where you've replaced almost all of those in a single person? I have. <laughs> oh my, yeah, really? I have. I have. Just a few, because I kind of got out of doing shoulder stuff some sure. years back. I have a partner who does a great job with that. Uh, so I let him do those. So I do the, the hips and the knees, but certainly, yeah, they'll go into the shoulders too. <laughs> it seems like you just become more machine than a human at that point then with a lot of this. <laughs> We're a body mechanic. Right, exactly. Yeah. There we go. Um, well, let's talk about uh, uh, Rosa, which is this robotic surgical assistant. Uh, how long has, has this been around? We've been using Rosa in Spearfish since, I believe, uh, February of 2020. Oh, so it is pretty new. Then. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and we were one of the first people to get it in the nation, too. We've been, we've been using it quite a bit uh, since then. Uh, I do 100% of my knees with uh, Rosa. Um, it just has some advantages, uh, you know, as we go forward in the technology. And uh, do you were you excited to learn this kind of technology? I mean, you obviously have you did a lot of these knee replacements before. Right. So when something like this comes around, are you like a lot of us where you, you get a little bit nervous with it before you start to use it? Or, or, or were you were you ready to go with something like this? No, I was ready to go because I've been doing a similar technology as an MRI guided system to build cut guides for you. But now Rose has taken it one step further because now you decide all that interoperatively. Now with a robotic arm that comes in and tells us where to cut. We're not quite at the uh, point here where we can sit back in the lounge and press a button and sip on a soda and say, yeah, that looks pretty good. The robot's almost done. We're not there yet. Someday, maybe, but not yet. <laughs> but, but watching the, the video with this, um, it's, you know, it's understandable the doctor has to be in the room for this. And I think no matter how far we get down the road with this technology, we want the doctor in the room oh, no matter I, I, what. Absolutely. I mean, patients think, I'm not having a robot operate me. I say, well... <laughs> I'm doing all the work still. The right. robot just lined up my cuts for us because <laughs> I told it where to do it at. So that's what it's doing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still there doing all the work. So what is this? Uh, what kind of benefits does this have uh, uh, for a patient uh, over the old way that it used to be done? So, you know, th- this has uh, a couple different advantages. One, our overall uh, guidelines are you want to do... Uh, at the end of the day, if you draw a line from the center of the hip joint to the center of the knee to the center of the ankle, you want that a straight line, plus or minus three degrees. Mm-hmm. That's where studies kind of show you have the best longevity of that knee replacement. Um, the old technique, you'd look at it and say, yeah, it looks that way, and you hope afterwards the numbers are that way. So this way you know right in the operating room, you're 2.0 degrees in one direction or 0.1. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it goes to half degree increments. Uh, so we're very exact. Um, so that's a big help. The other thing is it takes into account now the soft tissues, the ligaments, how loose they are. Might have loose ligaments on the outside. We've got to loosen up the ligaments on the inside of the knee to balance it on out. So now we have exact you know, half millimeter increments of where we're at. So we can really balance things out well. 
What exactly is being replaced in with the word a knee replacement surgery? Yeah. So a lot of people come in, they think they're chopping off the end of the bones and putting a big old piece of metal in between. It's like, no, we're not doing that. We're resurfacing the tire, if you will, okay? So the tire is still there, but putting a new tread on it type of thing. So we cut off wafers of bone uh, around the femur bone, the tibia bone, and then replace it with metal and plastic. Oh, I see. That's a great explanation, a resurfacing a tire. Yeah. I think that can kind of it kind of puts people's, you know, mind at ease a little bit with something like that. Well, what are we, you brought in, uh, I'm assuming, this is yep. the knee? Yep. This is, well, <laughs> it, it is, and it's uh, similar to the current ones we're using. It's sure. a couple of generations old, so, but, you know, most people wouldn't know the difference. Uh, but up on the, on the femur bone, um, there's a basic metal end cap. Right. And uh, most time it's a cobalt chrome nickel uh, component because uh, that's the best bearing surface. Um, so that's on the end of the femur bone. Then on the tibia bone, there is a, uh, a titanium alloy part that goes on there. The bone likes that better on that particular area. And then there's a piece of plastic that's locked to the tibia, and that's your new bearing surface. And that's the part will slowly wear out with time. And then there's also a part that goes under back behind your kneecap, just kind of resurfaces back of the kneecap. Again, your, your kneecap's still there. Right. 80% of it's still all your own kneecap. You just resurface it with a piece of plastic. So now it's all metal on plastic, no more bone on bone. At the same time, we realign the knee so it works correctly. Well, if you're just listening to this podcast now, there is a video component that goes along with it. And I would encourage you to check that out, too, because all of these pieces that you're showing me right now, these are the actual pieces that would be used, correct? These are just plastic uh, Plastic, up, right. But, but, but that's but, what it looks but, like. Yes, it is. Yeah. So that... That's 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 the, the the little part that goes behind your that part there is is really interesting. What what is the reason for that? It looks like a just a, a little plastic button. Yeah, it is a plastic button. So uh, you know, a lot of people have arthritis just between their kneecap and their thigh bone. Uh, this way, now it takes care of that area by replacing the you know worn out cartilage or now just exposed bone from the arthritis. So you replace that plastic on the on the back of the kneecap. That rubs on the new femur, you know, femoral component. So, does this is this um, is this almost all knee replacements have have yep. this? What you show yep. me. So this this is what happens. Yep, yep. This would be a complete knee replacement. Okay. Um, now, going back to Rosa a little bit. One thing uh, when I was watching the video uh, that just blew my mind because the first when it first started, I thought in an operating room, you you obviously want to keep the knee stable, of course. Yep. But we're humans. We breathe. Mm-hmm. There could be some sort of movement that happens. Yep. And I watch that machine track that movement. Yes. In real time as it's happening. And that was fascinating to me. So for people that are concerned, well, what if my knee moves a little? Or what if Rosa's taking care of all that? So, yeah, I mean, Rosa's very, very stable. Yeah. I mean, when it locks into position... It locks into position. Now, we have to be a little bit careful how we hold our retractors and hold the knee. There's instances where maybe a patient's coughing or moving a little bit, and we just sit and wait till they uh, settle on down because we do want the patient still so you get a nice uh, cut. But otherwise, Rosa, the, the stability of that is it's fascinating how stable it is. Now, are you uh, under total anesthesia when this happens, or is it just just in the in the in the knee and the leg area? So, uh, most of my patients do a spinal anesthetic. So, what oh, we okay. do there is we do put a, a small needle in the back. Mm-hmm. Anesthesia people do that with a local anesthetic, and the legs go numb. 
So uh, then you just have IV sedation. So you're not really complete with general anesthesia, but general anesthesia is another technique to do. I just like using the spinal because they seem to wake up a little bit smoother and a little less of a issue for Sure, us. exactly. Yeah. Now, once this is all done, um, what's a recovery time for something like this? Okay. I always tell people that's a loaded question to me. <laughs> what does that mean, recovery time? Oh, I, I can imagine, so, sure. Um, I'll tell them, you know, uh, the first three days it's going to be okay because I got a local anesthetic cocktail mm-hmm. in there that lasts about three days. Then about day three to about day 10, they're not going to like me very much uh, because it just hurts. Yeah. But I tell them, but you'll get over that time. So usually around the one week to two weeks to get rid of your walker, your crutches, your cane, start getting rid of that stuff. I'll let people back driving again when they're off their walker and off narcotics. Now with our new local anesthetic cocktail we're using, we have less and less people using a lot of narcotics. So that's been a really good thing. But the bottom line is it still takes three months for that deep tissue to fully heal on up. And people say, well, I'm a fast healer. I say, no, uh -uh, there's no fast healers. There's slow healers, but not fast healers. So we know that it takes about three months to fully heal up. So during that first three months, you're just working on range of motion, get out walking, get your exercise, uh, get the knee moving. Uh, If you do that, the rest of the knee will turn out fantastic usually. That's – it it seems – I mean, to me, I've never had it. Hopefully, I'll never have to have it, honestly. But it does seem that that, I mean, that seems a pretty good time, honestly, to to be back doing most of the stuff you do. And I'm assuming there's physical therapy that's also involved in some of this, or or does there necessarily have to be? Well, absolutely. So there's physical therapy, number one, the patient is the main one doing the physical Mm -hmm. therapy, working that knee back and forth. I tell my patients, a physical therapist, and the physical therapist, listen to this, please don't get mad. <laughs> but uh, they're really for show and shine. Yeah. They tune you up. They encourage you. And they say, you know what? You need to work on this a little bit more, and they'll push you and work you that way a little bit more. Sure. So they help guide the patient a little bit more. But it's really the patient working that knee back and forth, and then later working the strength and the gait train. That's where the therapists really come in, really getting their gait back, their strength back, that kind of stuff. Now, how how long does a knee replacement, something like this, last? Is it I mean, if you have to have it when you're younger, accident or injury yep. or something, um, what's what's the timeline of that? Yeah. So the old studies would support uh, 90% of, of the knees still working after 20 years. Now, that's with the older generation plastics. Now it's been improved. The engineers tell us now longer. Now we don't know how long that is. Right. So I tell patients, maybe it'd be the rest of your life. We honestly don't know how long it will last. The good news is as the plastic wears on out, the little microscopic particles that get worn off do not seem to irritate the bone cells around it. It used to cause the metal to get loosed from the bone. We're not seeing as much of that anymore. So we're thinking now in the future, maybe you have to come in and just have that piece of plastic changed on out. Off you go for a period of time. Now, I tell people, I'll tell them that answer in 30 years. <laughs> I won't be here that. <laughs> you know, but as as we've we've kind of been talking over a few podcasts now about the technology that's happening, <clears throat> excuse me, in the medical field, um, you know, maybe uh, it, it, when you're retired and you're done, whatever's coming next, yeah, maybe it will be. We've done this when you're 25. It's going to be there forever because the Absolutely. plastic is yeah. different. The yep. metal is different. Yep. All of these new things will start to pop up. Um, how do people, uh, like right now if they're listening and they're considering this, how how do they know if if it is right for them to do this? Do they do they go to their, their general doctor first and then refer to you sort of a deal? Is that is that the best place for people to start? They, they certainly don't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, probably I'm going to say half the people are referred by their primary care doc who has done 
the anti-inflammatories. They've done the x-rays. They've done the physical therapy. They've done some cortisone injections. Then they get sent over to me. Other people, they'll just call up our office directly and come in and see us. So it's really when your life is revolving around your knee, mm-hmm. you're just not doing things you want to do in life because your knee is slowing you down, uh, that's time to you know come check us out. Why, why did you get into this, doctor? Why did you make this your specialty? Well, um, I always liked uh, doing things with my hands and doing craftsman <laughs> carpentry work. I was going to say, most people go into just woodwork or things like that instead of diving into the well, human yeah, body. Well, yeah, I tell people if I didn't uh, do this job, I probably wouldn't be a doctor at all. I'd be probably just building houses. Sure. <laughs> you know? Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a master carpenter on the, on the body. Well, it's 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 an amazing, uh, you know, uh, ability to have to be able to kind of, you know, put people back together in essence when when these when these kind of things happen. And, uh, you know, like I've said, you, you kind of got to have the stomach for it, too, a little bit, I suppose. None of that bothers you, I assume. Not anymore. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's a learned response. You just sure. kind of get used to it at times. You know? uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, well, this is uh, this is a, it's a it's a great p- uh, procedure to to check out online for sure. Uh, you can just look up Rosa R O S A. It's the robotic surgical assistant, and you'll get like I said, there's great animated can't stress enough videos that you can watch on this. Or if you want to see the real thing, um, you know, there's plenty of those as well. Do you ever get video doing stuff like this? Have you ever been no, approached or I, asked not, to do not that? Really, no. Um... Would it, would it make you nervous, doctor? No, they did? not really. <laughs> you I don't mean, seem I mean, the kind of guy that does well, get you nervous. You know, I, I do so many of these. I don't know how many cents I've done of this, uh, Rosa. Sure. I, I mean, it's in the hundreds. Um, and, you know, for total joints over my career, you know, that's in the many thousands. So I'm yeah. not sure. So it's just one of those things we do day in, day out, and don't think much of it. Well, glad you do. And, and hope that you never have to see you, but glad you're here, doctor, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's Dr. Rick Little, uh, orthopedic surgeon in Spearfish with Monument Health. Thank you very much, doctor, for talking with us. Thanks for having me. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.